Fighting for freedom every day. They are absolutely desperate to pretend the last four years never happened and for them to go back to what they like to do before, which is create these massive spending bills to pretend that it's really, really important to you when you only get about 5% of what's in the bill and they can't do it because we're aware of it. We're paying attention to it and they don't like that. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, it is. We are midway through the week. It is... Wednesday, it is the pre-pre-Friday, the post-to-post-to-Monday celebration. On top of that, today is also Cinco de Mayo, so happy Cinco de Mayo to you and everybody. Broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station all over the country, radio and TV, plus our live streaming and our podcasting. Doesn't matter where you're at watching or listening. It's great to have you for the ride today. Your Millennial General reporting for duty the way we do every single day. I love today. Absolutely love today. I have to admit, this is the day where we get to indulge on other cultures. I, We mentioned this. I was a guest on Armed American Radio just the past hour with Mark Walters. Always great to chat with him, and happy birthday to him as well, as he's a great personal friend. And I had mentioned this. I am so sick of the identity politics in the country. Hate it. You know this. We talk about it a lot. Despise identity politics. Despise it. That is the worst, lowest possible way of derogatory remarks is mentioning someone based on race or division or whatever. I just don't care. I don't care about it. I don't want it. I love learning about different cultures. And today's a great way to do that. It's funny because many Hispanics don't even celebrate Cinco de Mayo, but we love it. So go out and get a taco, eat, uh, drink a margarita, do whatever you do. And if they say you're culturally appropriating, then just laugh in their face and eat some more chips and salsa. Because you know what? We get to enjoy, and I do the same thing. I go over the top with St. Patrick's Day. I go over the top with Cinco de Mayo. I go over the top with Fourth of July. I go over the top with Halloween. I go over the top with just about every holiday. Why? Because why the heck not? We got to enjoy a little bit. Can't just be all work and no play. My wife tells me that all the time because I do work way too much and I never sit back and just kick back and enjoy a little bit. So I try to do it with some of the holidays. So it's the time where we get to show unity in diverse cultures. My wife laughs at me. Before we moved from Wichita a couple years ago, and then we ended up moving back here, but before we moved, we had a neighbor that was Hispanic. I I don't know what nationality she was from, whatever um, Central American country. I think she was Mexican. I think. Uh, She was a neighbor. She lived next to us for probably six, eight months before we ended up moving away. Super nice lady. We never talked to her a whole lot, but we would say hi like when we would pull up and leave and whatever at the same time or take out the trash or something. And she spoke Spanish, didn't speak a whole lot of English, at least that I knew of. But she would about two or three times a year during the summertime throw these massive parties. And tonight would be one of them, obviously, for Cinco de Mayo, throw a massive party in the backyard. Like they would have a hundred people in this tiny little backyard that we all had in these houses and they would have uh, a live mariachi band come and play for about an hour or so. Then they would have this huge system, this stereo system where they would sing karaoke in Spanish while they get louder and louder throughout the night as more of the adult beverages were going down. And my wife would get a little annoyed because she likes the community kind of quiet. I loved it. Loved it. Now, I could not see them because we had a tall fence line and then we had trees, so we couldn't actually see anything. But I would sit out on my back porch and sip on tequila or make a margarita, and I would sit back there and listen to them sing these these Mexican songs. And I loved it. I loved <laughs> My wife, wife laughs at me. I turn on the um, uh, the 
mariachi bands, whatever radio stations they are, I would turn on every once in a while, turn that on on the radio and listen to that while I'm driving because it just puts me in a good mood. I have no idea what they're saying. I have no idea what they're talking about, but it makes me happy. So I enjoy it, and we get to be a little bit culturally diverse today. So happy Cinco de Mayo. Hopefully you enjoy it, and just have some fun. Have a margarita. I did have some tacos for lunch today, so that made me happy as well. That always puts the voice of reason in a good mood. Hey, we got a lot to get to today. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on that, but I did have to say, and just throw it out there, happy Cinco de Mayo to you. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, Steve Bays, he'll be joining us. And he'll be talking about what we uh, focus in a topic that we've been talking about for a while, state nullification, cleaning up the Republican Party, moving forward with constitutional laws, working on getting rid of unconstitutional laws from the federal government. And yes, there are some. There's actually a lot of them that are unconstitutional, that are illegal, that we're not supposed to have because the government has grown out of the limits and the confinements of what we placed on it when we passed the Constitution. So we'll talk about how we start getting rid of that, how states can do the nullification process. Uh, Steve, he's a professor of history and government who's taught constitutional law, also author of the book History's Greatest Libels. So we'll talk about that here in just a little bit, which I'm excited about. Because yesterday, obviously, if you heard the program, if you didn't, you can listen to it on the podcast. But we had a great, great speaker, a great guest on the program talking about cleaning up the Republicans. And the problem is, as I mentioned, that the Republicans are their own worst enemies. I am Republican. I am conservative first, but I am Republican because that gives us the loudest voice as conservatives. Now, do we have a problem within the party? Absolutely. We have a long way to go to clean up the party to where we want it to be. The Democrats seem to have figured out some form of system of bully, intimidation, blackmail, whatever they do on their side of the aisle to kind of hold their people in line to where they just kind of move in this unified form of we love socialism and progressivism and you can't tell me otherwise. They've done a very good job of that. AOC kind of really led that recently. Nancy Pelosi's been doing it for a long time. Chuck Schumer's been doing it for a long time. Adam Schiff, obviously, has been doing it for a long time. Uh, there's so many that just go on down the line of these ridiculous left-wing progressive policies they try to advocate for. The Republicans, what's our identity? What is the identity of the Republican Party right now? Is it truly conservative, limited government principles? Because <laughs> I don't think it is, really. It is to a degree, but is it all the way? I don't think it is. What is the platform that we stand on? We have an identity crisis among Republicans, and it's scary because how can you lead if you don't know who you are? It's kind of like your own personal reflection. Let's turn it inward and look in the mirror for a second. When you look at yourself and you're like, who am I? What am I about? What do I stand for? If you don't have a solid understanding of who you are as an individual, what your passions are, what you actually like, what interests you, what you want to fight for, what you want to do as a career. Young individuals, I'm talking to you right now. What do I want to do when I get out of high school? What do I want to do when I go to college and I start majoring in certain things? What do I want to do with my life? You cannot be a leader for others and be a mentor for others until you figure out what you want to do personally. And you have to go through these trials and tribulations. The Republican Party is going through the exact same thing. What are we going to stand for? Are we going to be the party of the old school George W. Bush mentality of globalism and we like expanding and we like, you know, reaching out to the other nations and we like raising, we don't, we like limited government, but we like it when we try to limit the programs of the Democrats, but we want to expand other programs as a Republican as well. Is that the type of Republican Party that we want? Because that's the establishment that's pretty much running the party right now. And if you're cool with that, then, you know, kudos for you. The party's for you, and that's all about you. If you don't, 
You can use the tools that we talked about yesterday on the program with getting involved as a committee person or a precinct individual uh, with your local Republican Party, getting involved in the party, working your way up to the RNC if you want to, and changing the platform of the party, but not just changing it, holding elected officials accountable with it. There are many states that actually have some form of a quote-unquote litmus test for their Republicans. We need to make sure that you're actually going to uh, try and promote these values. Here in the state of Kansas, we've tried to do that, and we have a platform, but at the same time, there's so many Republicans that just say they are, but then they end up doing something different, and we're the ones that obstruct. For example, I know many people listen outside of the state of Kansas, but since I live here, I'm familiar with it. Our state legislature has an overwhelming supermajority of Republicans in both the Senate and the House of Representatives in our state government. We can't get, we've done better this year, but in prior years, we haven't been able to get a lot done because there is a sect of conservative Republicans. Then there's a sect of, I pretend to be a Republican because I can't get elected as a Democrat in the state of Kansas because it's a rural community and it's a red state. So therefore I need to run as a Republican, but then I vote with the Democrats 90% of the time. And we fight amongst ourselves. Democrats don't do that. They're kind of sort of now with AOC kind of rocking the boat a little bit, which is kind of fun to watch from this side of the aisle. But we need to figure out what the platform's going to be and hold those elected officials accountable so we can look in the mirror and know our identity. We can look in the mirror, straight in the eyes, and we know exactly who we are, exactly what we stand for, and exactly what we're going to promote as a unified message. And I know that's hard with Republicans who like individualism and conservatives who want to be their own person. And we can do those sparrings just like a family. I always refer to it as a, uh, as an angry Italian family. There's nothing wrong with that because there are many of them where it's beautiful at the dinner table. You yell and you scream at each other and you curse at each other and you talk over each other and it's very loud and it's very, you know, tense and you just yell and scream. But then at the end of the day, if anybody outside of the family tried to mess with you, guess what? You have to deal with the entire family. That's the way Republicans need to be. I love the primary process where we get to challenge one another on ideas, where we get to spar, where we get to beat each other up, and it gets very emotional and it gets very bloody. I've said this many times before as well. The worst part is when we can't unify after that and we move towards the general election. But we're having that identity crisis right now among the Republicans as we still have a little bit of Trumpism in there. Where does Trump fit within the party? Is he going to run for president again in 2024? Are the Republicans going to support him? Because the majority of the RNC still do not like him. The majority of the Republican National Convention or Committee does not like Trump, and they want to go back to the old guard, George W. Bush style of let's expand government programs for our benefit and not really follow many of the, uh, the conservative principles. Because conservatives have kind of cowered a little bit. We don't have the numbers. Libertarians have just vacated the party, so they're done for the most part. And we need to get back to changing them. There was a leaked audio clip from Kevin McCarthy, House Majority Leader. He was about ready to go on an interview with Fox News. And as you know, with Liz Cheney right now, kind of shaking things up, trying to be the leader of the party right now, trying to oust many of the Republicans that support Donald Trump still and the Republican Party not really happy with the way she's doing things. There's a rumor she may try to run for president in 2024. Kevin McCarthy made a comment that was not supposed to be aired, but it was on record. He was hooked up to a microphone on TV, which you're not supposed to say things when that happens. And this is what he said about her saying that he's not very happy. She's got real problems. I, 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 I've had it with, I've had it with her. It's, uh, I think she's got real problems. I, 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 I've had it with, I've had it with her. It's, you know, I, I've lost confidence. 
Well, someone just has to bring emotion, but I assume that will probably take place. She's got problems. I've had it with her. Someone's got to bring up motion, and I'm sure it's going to happen. Some Republicans are done. They don't want it. At the same time, you can see the division right now. This is the internal battle going on, trying to fight for the identity of our party. Ours, not theirs. Ours. Where we get to set the platform, where we get to set the candidates, we get to vote on who we like based on our principles. It's our party. Democrats, they do it ridiculously stupid. They have their, their super delegates to where elected officials get to help choose candidates, and they tell you exactly who to vote for, and they kind of limit, and they try and you know even manipulate votes to try and get like they did with Joe Biden for the presidential race, and they, they completely cast out certain sects of their party. They don't have a voice within their party. The Republicans, we make damn sure that we actually get to represent our party. But there's an internal war going on right now. We have the Kevin McCarthy's like, wait a second, Liz Cheney is not representing the party right. She's going way too moderate. She's not doing okay. We need to get her out. She's got problems. We need to rid ourselves of her because she's not helping the movement of the conservatives that is riled up within the party right now wanting some changes. Then we see on the other side of the aisle Mitt Romney come out, which, by the way, he just got booed at their state Republican convention badly. To where the point where they had to get on the mic and be like, hold on here. This is what we're talking about. Let's be civil, everybody. And they continued to boo him. He came out and defended Liz Cheney and said that she refuses to lie. In a tweet, he said, as one of my Republican Senate colleagues said to me following my impeachment vote, I wouldn't want to be a member of a group that punishes someone for a following their conscience. Supporting the moderate. Ah, oh, she's just telling the truth. She doesn't like Trump. I don't like Trump. We're all in this together. Let's go back to our big government Republican ways. The internal battle continues. The question is, who's going to prevail and how much are we going to have an influence on when we say enough's enough, we're only voting for conservative Republican candidates? The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information 
at whosyourreason.com. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at whosyourreason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out today on a midweek celebration on a Cinco de Mayo here for a Wednesday. Great to have you every day. Radio, TV, plus the live stream and podcasting. 24 minutes past the hour. So we got Steve coming on at the bottom of the hour trying to clean the Republican Party up. Sweep it up, baby. Mop it up. Get out all the cobwebs and start the party fresh. That's what we're all about. And we can do that. We can. There's a message on... Let's see, the Podbean stream, what can the righteous do when the foundations are destroyed? We take it back and we rebuild it. Look, nothing lasts forever, and as the pillars crumble, then we build new pillars. When the house crumbles, we hopefully have a strong foundation of what we believe in. We're never going to solve anything unless we have principles. And right now, the Republican Party is going through an identity crisis of principled individuals and those that are just go with the breeze on whatever's cool and fancy and hip and retro at the time and just want to be popular. Now, that's not to say that we don't compromise because that's what politics is, is compromising. And it's very difficult. It's very difficult. And that's exactly what we need. We need compromise. We can't just have a purist mentality. But... I see it as kind of the muscle memory in baseball. Anybody play baseball, show fans, baseball or softball? When you have the wrong form swinging your baseball bat, what do you do? You overcorrect so that way you can get back into your slot. You don't. You do some goofy things to try and overcorrect your system so that way you can slide into the proper form. Yes, we want purism. We would love the ideas of purist government the way that we want to. We'll never get it. We have to come to that understanding. We will never ever get it but we fight for it we take what we can when we can and you continue on at that fight and if we can compromise the bill that moves us closer to that then that's what we do and we have to come to that conclusion but right now republicans don't even try to do that anymore this is the latest news shows that they're trying to meet with joe biden to meet about the infrastructure plan to say well we'll pass the infrastructure package of two trillion dollars but we'll do it without any tax increases that shouldn't even be a conversation it should be no, we're not passing a $2 trillion infrastructure plan because that'll bankrupt the nation. It's really dumb, and it's not the government's role to do that. And oh, by the way, government can't create jobs, and you're really dumb if you believe so. That needs to be the vote right now, just a hard line. No, if Democrats really want to pass it, they're in the majority. They'll figure out a way. Don't put your name on something like that. What are you doing? It's a little ridiculous. I mean, prime example of how bad things are right now with how Uh, The policies are already starting to fail just three months into the Biden administration. We have right now record number of jobs available nationwide, jobs popping up all over the place, bars and restaurants and construction companies. And guess what? People aren't going back to work. Why? Because Joe Biden and the genius Democrats extended the COVID-19 unemployment benefits of the extra three to four hundred dollars a week uh, to anybody on unemployment to extend that through September. So why would you go back to work and make less money rather than sit at home in the unemployment benefits and make more money because they're extended through September? That's what they want. And they love that. 
Headline from Fox News in New York, Fox 5, Montana to end extra unemployment pays due to worker shortages. There are people needing jobs filled. We have people trying to give bonuses just to show up to job interviews. We read that story at a McDonald's out of Florida. $50 incentives just to show up for the interview. They're trying to raise rates, trying to give them more money to actually show up and do their job because people are sitting at home. That's a failed policy from the Democrats, and the media is finally starting to catch on. They can't ignore this any longer. There's a worker shortage right now. People need to open up. Businesses are opening after COVID. That includes restaurants, bars, and nightclubs that, by the way, have had it the worst, I think, along with you know salons and barbershops and that sort of thing. Really, any kind of retail or any type of customer service, they've been hit the hardest. They can't open back up while they're trying to get back on their feet. They're trying to get their business to survive without shutting doors. And now they're trying to do it without any workers because workers don't want to go back to work, many of them. That's the that's a failure on the Biden administration. We need to call it out as it is. They passed the extension. They didn't need to do that. We were on the way to open things up. Joe Biden now wants 70 percent vaccination rate by the 4th of July. That's not going to happen. Cute. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But that's how we open up, right? Things are already opened up. States are already saying we're getting rid of the restrictions. Open your business. Let's get things going again. But there's no workers. That's a failure on the federal government and the Biden administration and the Democrats and any Republicans that may have voted for that COVID-19 package extending benefits out for that long. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Halfway through the program already goes by way too fast. The fastest hour of radio on radio plus the TV and live streaming and podcasting and on the website at HoosierReason.com. You can find us all right there trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that 5-pound bag. We are more entertaining and more conservative than Mitt Romney at a Republican state convention. (laughs) See what we did there? It's called a joke. Got a lot to get to. We've covered a lot of ground already. The identity crisis of the Republican Party. We'll get to that here in just a second as well. But let's shift gears just a little bit, get to our guest, and talk about the latest in what's trending. What's trending today? Now, I will say if you have yet to sign up for our monthly newsletter, highly recommended. I'm at least pretty proud of what we wrote this month. I'm not a writer, but I got excited and I wrote about uh, some things we can do to stop the federal government. Nullification process. The attorney general is trying to counter and block some of this stuff. Us just trying to fight what's going on at the federal level. And I always see the glass half full. 
the optimism. What can we learn from the current situation? Number one, we need to clean up the Republican Party so when we're actually in control, we can actually do stuff. Number two, what we need to work on is understanding the process that we have in place, the constitutional powers that we have, you know, like the Tenth Amendment, where states actually have the right to do things because we are sovereign states in the nation that gave up a few of their responsibilities and duties to the federal government to keep us as a united front of sovereign states. Remember that. We are sovereign states united under a compact of the U.S. Constitution. That's what we're all about. But yet we've seemed to have forgotten that fact. And now we're just a unified federal government tells us what to do and we just blindly go along with it. So to talk about that breakdown, the understanding of the Constitution and what we can do to get back to normalcy a little bit, we're excited to have on here. Here's a professor of history and government. He's taught constitutional law, also author of the book History's Greatest Libels. It's Professor Steve Bias with us here. Steve, how are you, my friend? Very good. Thank you for having me on today. Hey, well, I appreciate very much you coming on the program. It's a such a learning lesson for us right now, and I see it as an opportunity, although as frustrating as it is at the federal level, we can get back to the point of a nullification process. We can get back to the point of states just telling the federal government, thanks, but we're not going to go along with your policies. I mean, we can do that, can't we? Well, uh, certainly that was envisioned by uh, pretty two important of the founding fathers, uh, Thomas Jefferson and uh, James Madison. That's what we need. uh, Yeah, in fact, Madison, uh, you know, uh, most people know very much about the history of it. They think back to the uh, Kentucky and Virginia resolutions that Madison and Jefferson wrote. Uh, But Madison actually talked about this in the Federalist Papers. I'm glad that there's at least mention of it. Talk about the process. How does this actually work? If we see, for example, Joe Biden come out and want to take firearms away, for example, and they say, you know what, we're just going to ban firearms. We don't like evil assault rifles. They're very scary. We don't like them. We're going to confiscate them or take it. I mean, we're talking extreme here. We're going to do that. Other states, like here, I'm in the state of Kansas. We have the Second Amendment Protection Act. Missouri's wanting to do the same thing. Uh, Arizona's wanting to do the same thing. A lot of states are saying, yeah, thanks, we're going to have our own sanctuary, Second Amendment sanctuary laws. How do we nullify that process and say, you can pass that at the federal level, but we're not going to abide by it as a state? How does that work? Well, if you go back to uh, what Madison was talking about in the Federalist Papers, of course, uh, you know the Federalist Papers were written uh, to uh, calm the concerns that this federal government may become uh, tyrannical and out of control, uh, pretty prescient, I would think. But uh, Madison said that one thing that could be done uh, was that the states would just simply refuse to uh, cooperate, and they would uh, do everything they could uh, to frustrate any action by the federal government that was uh, beyond their enumerated powers. Um, so, for example, in the, the case of uh, gun control uh, laws, uh, like what you're talking about, for the federal government to do that without the cooperation of local officials. Mm. And if the state just says, you're, we're not going to cooperate, uh, it, they're going to be frustrated quite a bit. Sure. 
Yeah, and it makes it essentially null and void. The question is, how many states are willing to do that now? Because that's kind of unconventional in today's times. If we don't do that, then that state is you know, just not abiding by federal law because we're taught now that federal law is just the supreme law of the land. We have to go by whatever they say, and we're just rabble-rousers, and therefore it is uh, a terrible thing. The media is going to demonize them. The other side of the media is, uh, the other side of the aisle is going to demonize them. It's kind of an unconventional thing to do today, isn't it? Uh, it is considered a fringe idea, but it, it was not uh, at all considered uh, before the uh, in the early part of the 1800s. Uh, it it was used uh, for all kinds of things, both northern states and southern states. And in fact, uh, it was used by northern states more than it was used by southern states. Mm. And it was never used uh, in defense of slavery, which is one of the... Uh, that's really interesting because if you think about it there was nothing to nullify yeah that's interesting i never thought about that and you're right i do remember hearing about that in high school and some of the history classes well you know that was you know states rights i've heard the argument of well we don't like states having too much power because then we have things like slavery and they try to throw that in your face is that well when states have the right to do whatever they want to they're going to make really really bad dumb decisions like you know advocating for slavery and that sort of thing which obviously just rests on the fact that they don't trust the people and the citizens to make the right decisions if they have the power to do so uh example of what I'm talking about is, uh, you know, when uh, uh, be- before the Civil War, uh, you, of course, you had uh, some states uh, were what we call free states where slavery was not protected by law. And, and so uh, the, when somebody would escape into a free state, uh, the fugitive slave laws, and there were different ones at different times, but uh, uh, you had to return the person. Well, uh, some states like Wisconsin and uh, uh, and and, and uh, Michigan, uh, they pass laws uh, directing the people to just not cooperate with the uh, federal officials, and uh, they pretty well frustrated the law in those states. So That's that was an example of nullification. That it was never used to uh, protect slavery. It was for the opposition thereof, yeah. as much as possible. That's amazing. I love it. Now, let's look at it from the other perspective of this and say, like, immigration law. Immigration is one thing that the federal government is supposed to handle. Obviously, they're not handling it right now. Under the Joe Biden administration, we now have the catch and release back again. We have some very loosey-goosey laws. We see people just flooding our borders, and we're just allowing them to come into the country in many aspects, uh, which is against federal law, and they're breaking their own laws. Uh, looking at it from this sense, even though the federal government's supposed to handle this, can the states do something about that with their own laws and say, you know what, we're not just going to have people running rampant in our state. We need to enforce it at our local level if you're not going to get your stuff together. Can we do that? Um, I, I'm sorry. I, uh, infor- oh, oh, yeah, uh, enforce it on the local level. Uh, you know, that's one thing is uh, there's a misunderstanding uh, is that uh, clearly – uh, the federal government has an obligation uh, to uh, protect the borders. Uh, in fact, it says in the Constitution that uh, one of the duties that the federal government has promised to the states uh, is that uh, they will protect the uh, protect the states from invasion. It doesn't say it doesn't limit it to military invasion. Uh, and clearly, people can just simply. Uh, you could have a surge across the border of thousands of people, 
and it would be an obligation of the uh, federal government to protect the states uh, from that. Well, they're not doing that like they ought to. It doesn't preclude the states from doing it themselves. Uh, there's nothing in the Constitution that says states cannot protect themselves against invasion. Sure. And, uh, yeah, so uh, that's just one of those misunderstandings. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, the federal government's supposed to do it, but if they, what if they don't? If they don't, then uh, uh, the states have to do it. The states have to do it, sure. We're talking with Professor Steve Bias. He is, uh, you can find his latest piece, State Nullification, an idea deeply embedded in American history. That's on the New American. You can visit that one. Also, his book, History's Greatest Libels. Uh, last question before we let you go for the next couple minutes here. But uh, right now, we can try. Some states have tried to challenge federal law. Some states have tried to kind of put up their border uh, and, and put up their wall against the federal government and do the state nullification. But they have a nice dangling carrot over many of these states, and that's federal aid to the state government and to, to certain infrastructure projects or highway projects and different social programs in there. I remember during the 2016 presidential election and John Kasich, former governor of Ohio, standing up and saying, you know, yeah, I would love to um, whatever, end abortion or whatever the issue was, but I can't because then I would lose my Medicaid funding in the state of Ohio and 30% of my population's on Medicaid. So therefore, I, as much as I would love to, I just can't do that. Does that. Is that a big red flag for states to say, if they're going to go down this road and fight the federal government, they need to be willing to give up some of that financial aid and some of that, some of that uh, uh, influence that the federal government has over the states? Well, they they certainly should, and uh, I've I've said for a long time that the uh, the Sixteenth uh, Amendment, which gave Congress the power to enact an income tax on individuals, uh, had a, a really negative effect on the concept of federalism because uh, you know, you've got the money, you can basically you know once you've got states hooked on federal money, then you can just say, well, we'll just take it away if you won't do what we want you to do. They did that with the 55 mile hour speed limit back in the 70s, and every state complied, even though there's zero, nothing in the federal constitution that would give the federal government the power to set the power speed to limit. That. Yeah, unbelievable. I, unbelievable. Professor Steve, I appreciate it. We're out of time, my friend. we got to get you back on because understanding the constitution is something that we don't quite get any longer, and now I think is a great learning curve and opportunity for us. So let's get you back on the show again here real soon. Okay, appreciate it. Hey, appreciate the time very much, and we'll get him back on again here soon. We'll take a break, wrap up the show today. we got a lot more to get to, talking about some more federalism. What's it all about? How can we work to educate ourselves and educate others just a little bit more in this process that is the American politics system? The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back, and we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. 
And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier Holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online helping you defend and preserve this great republic. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at network at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at hoosierreason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at network at gmail.com or find our contact information at hoosierreason.com. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Last couple minutes before we wrap up today on a midweek celebration on your Cinco de Mayo. Celebrating cultural diversity here on the program each and every day. That's the way I love it. It's not cultural appropriation if you're actually appreciating the culture. Because that's just dumb. I, I never understood that. You need to be more understanding of different cultures. But if you try to partake in it to actually, you know, be part of inclusive and that sort of thing, then you're just culturally appropriating. How dare you? That's what we're up against today. So we just kind of do what we want to do. So happy Cinco de Mayo. And I don't care if you don't like me saying that or not. It doesn't really matter. The Republican identity right now, thanks again to the professor coming on, great conversation about state nullification, the history of it, where we've used it before, and what tools that we have in our arson to stop the federal government. It's time for us to do that. And guess what? State, state legislators, I know you're listening all over the country right now. State, it's time for you to stand up and say we're not going to abide by the federal regulation that is unconstitutional and against the law. And if they cut our funding, then oh well, because we want to be sovereign states anyways. And how can you be sovereign if you're still accepting the money coming in from the federal government? Andy, it's COVID and we've lost revenue and we need some help recovering. I understand all that. At the same time, you know what? Things happen. It's time that we to put on the bootstraps and make it happen ourselves again already. And no, we don't need that federal money coming in. We can do it ourselves. I know a very controversial, unpopular statement to make, but I don't really care because that's what needs to happen in a sovereign state as a United States of sovereign states dictating what they're going to do in their own states. All right. As the identity of the Republican Party continues, we mentioned yesterday the race going on in California with the governor's race and with Caitlyn Jenner, how she's apparently gaining some popularity. And I told you that, look, look if it came down to Governor Newsom and Caitlyn Jenner, I would vote for Caitlyn Jenner. I'm just putting it out there. I mean, she, he, whatever, Caitlyn Jenner, the candidate, <laughs> Came out with a message yesterday. We played part of it on the show talking about the importance of how government screwed everything up and politicians have screwed everything up and how we need to get back to family values, how we need to get everything opened up again. We need to get back to work. We need to do this. I mean, but I realized that California is such a weird place, and I love everybody in California. I love being in California. It's a beautiful place. I just want to clarify that. 
But it's such a weird place as well because it is so much about the popularity and celebrity status out there. It's so weird. That's how Arnold Schwarzenegger ended up getting in there. And I liked him because I was like, oh, hey, he's a Republican. He's a bodybuilder. He's an action hero. I, As a kid, he was my action icon. I loved Arnold Schwarzenegger. Terminator was the first R-rated movie I ever saw. Loved it. Ever since then, Arnie was the guy. He was the dude. Then I saw his politics, and I was like, ah, oh, why do you have to make such stupid comments? Because it's just ridiculous. And I lost a lot of respect for him, unfortunately. And that's why I don't want to see celebrities, especially ones that I like, actually get involved in politics because then I can't support them as much as I used to do so. But I've realized in California it is so much of a weird celebrity stunt to run for office out there. And the crazy part is, is that it actually works. Caitlyn Jenner, obviously being the trans individual that is running for governor with some conservative values, which is kind of interesting. Then you have the Democrat uh, Newsom that is pretty much just the pretty boy that is, you know, just the nice looking face that's made some really, really dumb decisions. I don't even know how he became governor, but apparently people liked him. Then there's this new guy, the Republican candidate as well, by the name of John Cox. Now, I don't know anything about him other than he's on the campaign trail with his slogan, Meet the Beast. That's what on his big bus that he's traveling all over the state of California, Meet the Beast. Cox for governor. Now, he's there with a massive grizzly bear. He's a Meet the Beast campaign, and he's touring around with a, ma- a live, full-on bear. Because the bear is the is on the flag for the California state flag, and it's the apparently the state animal, whatever. And meet the beast. So he's traveling around with a sidekick of a bear that people can actually see, and it's the picture on the bus as well with the bear growling and doing his thing. And him and meet the beast, John Cox, and he's called the governor a pretty boy, and he's kind of you know the feisty one trying to go after him. I don't know how well or how successful this is going to be, but I, I when I saw this. I left, and then I realized that the elections in California are nothing more than publicity stunts to who can be popular, who can be out there, who can be far-fetched, and who can draw a crowd based on entertainment value as opposed to actual ideas. If you're traveling around with a massive grizzly bear to try and tour on the campaign for governor, uh, there you go. Is that the face of the Republican Party? Is that the value of the future of the Republican Party right now? Is that what we're going to be? Hey! Here's the animal. Look at the dancing monkeys or the dancing bear in this face. I I guess he would be a bear that could attack the uh, woke crowd on the other side of the aisle. I'm sure Pete is all worked up about it as well. I don't know, but California, I just don't get it, man. Podcast going up a little bit. That does it for us today. Back at it tomorrow as we get ready to wrap up the week as well. Until then, be your own voice of reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. Everybody have a wonderful Wednesday. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win.
Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.